So Jesus, if this isn't true, none of this matters. If you are not risen from the dead, we of all people are most to be pitied. What a colossal waste of time this would be if you weren't alive. But you are. And the reality of your resurrection has life-changing implications for us here and now and even in new eternity. Help us to see those on this Resurrection Sunday. And we pray in your name. Amen. There's a connection between this text and the COVID-19 crisis that we are currently facing. And it's not just in verse 6. You know, verse 6 talks about various trials that we go through. It's not just verse 6. It is especially two words that we find in verse 3. Living and hope. As a nation, as a, as a world really, we are all about hope right now. Uh, we're hoping in all kinds of things. We're hoping in government leaders to make right decisions for us. And we're, our hope is in health professionals to come up with better treatments. We're hoping in vaccines, in stimulus bills, in market recoveries. Some people are hoping in stockpiles of toilet paper. For what reason? I have no idea. We're all about hope right now as a nation. And perhaps at no other time in our lifetime, in many lifetimes, has this text been more relevant and more needed than right now. And so this Easter morning, I want to consider those two words with you in our time together. Two words, living and hope. Because those two words have the power to change your life, not just in the midst of this crisis, not just in this life, but even into eternity. And I want to show you how. And I want to start with that word, hope. Because we hear it everywhere. You hear it in the news. If you're talking to a, a coworker or a, a friend or a family member, you're hearing that word hope come up over and over again. Rarely, though, do you ever hear it defined. How would you define the word hope? Well, let me give you just a couple of, of dictionary definitions, maybe somewhere to start. Here's one. Uh, hope is a desire of some good accompanied with at least a slight expectation of obtaining it. Or try this. To want something to happen or to be true and usually to have a good reason to think that it might. So right away, you can see why for many people, Many of the things that they call hope really isn't hope at all. I mean, it, it might be strong desire. It might be something that we wish for. But it's not really hope because hope requires good reason for believing that we might get what we hope for. Even if, even if just that there's a slight expectation of getting it, there's at least some expectation. There's some reason for believing it. I'll just give you an example of this. Every time I watch Star Wars, uh, a part of me, okay, all of me, wants to have force abilities and a lightsaber just like the Jedi. I mean, it would surely make my yard work a lot easier. I mean, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could move things with the force and, and, uh, and wield a lightsaber. But I don't have the slightest expectation that that's ever going to happen. Because I don't believe Star Wars is real. 
It's make-believe. It's fun. It's awesome. But it's not real. And so I can wish I had those abilities, but I can't hope that I have those abilities. And just a moment's reflection reveals that much of what we say that we hope for, we don't have good reason for believing that we might ever get it. Now, I realize that this has massive implications for Browns fans who are hoping for a winning season, but I'm going to leave that aside for right now. We'll come back to that later if there's a football season uh, this fall. But you, you get the point, right? The standard definitions of hope require good reason for even a slight expectation of obtaining what we hope for. Now, just I want you to think about that for a second. Think about those definitions. How comforting are those definitions of hope for what you're facing right now or what you have faced at any time in your life, at any crisis point? How comforting are those definitions? They're, they're rather shaky, aren't they? A desire for some good accompanied with at least a slight expectation of obtaining it. I mean, I guess a million to one odds is a slight possibility, so I guess that's hope. So you're saying there's a chance. I reach. Now, but seriously, just, just think about it for a second. Think about the definition, the very definition of this word that we use all the time. Everybody talks about hope. Especially right now because they, they find comfort in the idea of hoping in something that's going to come about that's better. Is it really comforting to rest in the slightest expectation that you might get what you hope for. I don't find that very comforting. But maybe you're thinking, well, what else do we have? What other option is there? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because there is an alternative. Christianity offers an alternative. Christianity has its own definition of hope, and it's very different from a purely secular definition. Christianity doesn't offer us hope based on a slight chance or a, a remote possibility. The hope Christianity offers is a certain hope. It's a strong hope. It's an airtight hope. It is an unwavering, unchanging, never-ending, absolutely certain Hope. And you see that in how the Apostle Peter describes and defines hope in verse 4. He speaks of the inheritance which Christians hope for, and just look at the words that he uses, as imperishable. That's the, that's the same word that's used elsewhere in the Bible to talk about the, the immortality of God himself. Look at, look at what else he says. Undefiled, never going to be ruined by sin. Never going to be ruined by evil. We're never going to wreck this. He keeps going unfading, not, not like the flowers of the field or the clothing that we wear, things that fade. And as, and as if he couldn't describe it with any greater fixedness, look at how he doubles down. He keeps going. It's kept in heaven for you, not in a safety deposit box in some bank. Uh, or in some uh, very um, uh, tightly managed 
retirement portfolio, not in some safe under guard and anything like that. It's not even kept on this earth, but it's kept in heaven. But what's, what's even more important than where it's kept is the one who keeps it. Don't miss this. We are not the ones who keep our hope fixed and secure. It is being kept fixed and secure for us. And Peter tells us exactly who that is in verse 5. Look down with me. Kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded. God, by his divine, unquestioned, omnipotent power, is the one who makes our hope certain. And notice what he says. Notice what he said that God, by his power, is guarding. Not just the faith or the hope that we have, but look, he is guarding us. He's guarding you. If you've received Jesus through faith, if you have put your faith in his power and his mercy to save you, that's why nothing, not even the trials that we face in this life, can ever even make a dent in the hope that we have as Christians. That's why, according to verse 6, we can go so far as to rejoice in the trials that we face in the Christian life. Because the hope of Christianity does not promise us that we're never going to face trials. It doesn't promise us that we're going to be protected and guarded from ever having to face anything like suffering and loss. That's not what Christian hope promises us. What it promises us, what it guarantees us, is that no amount of suffering, no amount of trials... No amount of crises in our life can ever take away the hope that God has given us in Christ. Can't touch it. Because it's being guarded by God himself. All those trials, all those crises, all that suffering can do is make us better prepared and more ready for the eternal joy that awaits us in Christ. That is the hope that Christianity offers us. It is not wishful thinking. It's not based on uh, some remote possibility or the slightest chance. The hope Christianity offers us is a fixed, unchanging, absolutely certain hope that will not, indeed that cannot fail us ever. Now, I know what you might be thinking at this point. You might be thinking, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on a second. How is that any different than a purely secular, non-Christian view of hope? Right? So, so you're talking about things like God and, and heaven and these unseen realities. I mean, isn't that all speculative too? Why should we think that the Christian offer of hope is any better than a purely secular offer of Christian hope? Well, here's why. Because Christianity doesn't just offer us hope, it offers us a living hope. You see, without that word living, 
everything in this passage is, is ultimately just wishful thinking. I mean, it'd be nice if we had a fixed, unalterable, secured hope in heaven by God himself. It'd also be nice to have force abilities and to be able to use a lightsaber. Why are those things any different? And the difference is the Christian hope is a living hope. Let me show you what I mean by that. Look again at verse 3. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And here's how. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, that's the difference. That's the difference between Star Wars and Christianity. Christianity offers us a living hope because it offers us a living Savior. Jesus Christ really did exist. He really did walk this earth. He really did die on a cross on a hill outside of Jerusalem. And he really did on a fixed day in history, three days after his death, rise bodily from the dead. That is not wishful thinking. Those are real, historical, verifiable facts. This is not just a story. It's a true story. It's real. This happened. He is alive today in heaven. And in rising from the dead, you understand what he did? He made good on, on all of those claims that he made in his life. He, he made good and guaranteed all of those promises that he made to us who have received him through faith. The promises of forgiveness of our sins through faith in him, through his death on the cross, the, the promise of eternal life and all satisfying joy with him and in him for eternity because of his resurrection from the dead. The certain hope that every promise is yes and amen in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. That is why the Christian hope is a living hope. You see, ultimately, Christianity doesn't offer us hope in a place or a thing, but in a person. Which is why the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our hope. The hope of Christianity is a living hope because Jesus is alive. Now, still, you might be saying to yourself, now why should I believe that? Why should I believe in things like resurrections? I'm a reasonable person. I just don't believe in things like that. Well, if, if you're there, if that's your hang-up, I want to say to you, Christianity does not ask you to believe in Jesus against reason or even apart from reason. You see, the Christian faith, according to the Bible, is a reasonable faith. It is not a leap in the dark, as some people put it. Which is why the Apostle Peter, the guy who wrote this, the guy who says he saw the risen Christ with his own eyes, says two chapters later in 1 Peter chapter 3 that all Christians 
are to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. See, Christianity invites reasonable people to make reasonable inquiries into the claims of Jesus, not to just take a leap in the dark, but to check it out. It's not afraid of that. It welcomes that. It welcomes people who are skeptical and who have doubts because it, it knows that it can stand up to that inquiry. So if you're skeptical about the empty tomb and the risen Christ, why not investigate it? I don't know. Have you ever done that? Have you ever actually looked and studied the reasons that thoughtful Christians have given for why it's right and reasonable to believe the claims of Jesus? I mean, we offer lots of ways, lots of resources for checking into this. And, and we would love the opportunity to connect with you and to walk with you as you go through that investigation. There's, there's all kinds of ways you can get in touch with us. Um, whatever you're watching right now on your phone, there's a, a way you can touch and send us a Facebook message or send a text or call the church. We would love the opportunity to give you these resources. We're not charging for them. We're to give them to you and to walk with you through that inquiry. Most people, when they're putting a fraud out there, don't want others to check it out. They want to kind of keep it guarded, keep it behind the curtain, as it were. Christianity doesn't do that. Christianity says, bring it on, check it out. And we welcome that opportunity to do that with you. I would love, your pastors at this church would love, people at this church would love the opportunity to share with you the reason for faith. The reason for the living hope of Jesus Christ. As a nation, as a world, we are all about hope right now. I mean, how else do you explain millions of people radically altering virtually every aspect of their lives, their work, their leisure, their relationships, their shopping, everything? Everything is radically changed. How do you explain that apart from hope? They're doing that. We're doing that in the hope that this is going to make things better. In the hope that there's going to be a better future, a better outcome because of what we're doing. Now listen, if you can understand that, if you can understand a radically changed life on the basis of hope in a better future, then you understand Christianity. Christianity is all about the hope that things are going to get better in the future, but not the immediate future. Not just here and now, but on a much grander scale. It's the hope that this life isn't all that there is. That, that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the thing that we're hoping in. Can keep us from the love of God for us in Jesus Christ. Hope that our future is imperishable and undefiled and unfading and kept in heaven for us by God's power. I want to just ask you, do you have that hope this morning? Do you want that hope this morning?
Do you want the certain, life-changing, living hope that Christianity offers? What the Bible calls a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. Do you want that this morning? Do you want that living hope? Well, it's yours. It's yours if you have that living Savior. And now listen, that hope isn't ours because of how good we do at changing ourselves, at, at, at altering our lives, cleaning them up for God. It's not ours because of what we change about ourselves. That hope is ours because of the sheer immeasurable grace of Jesus Christ that changes us and changes us from the inside out. Right now, in the midst of this global crisis, many people are looking for hope anywhere they can find it. But there is only one place to find the living hope that nothing not a virus, not a financial loss, not even death can take away from us. There's only one place to find that living hope, and it's in the risen and living Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is on offer to you right now. Receive him by faith this morning. Trust in his mercy and his power, what he has done in his life, death, and resurrection for sinners like us. Receive him this morning and receive the living hope that can only be found in him. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we come to you on this Resurrection Sunday, and we plead that you would work resurrection power in our lives, setting our hopes on a fixed, unchanging, certain future for all who have received you through faith. And especially for those this morning who are hearing this and are skeptical about it. They're not quite sure if this is even reasonable, that you would work in their lives, that you would move them to do something with those doubts, to, to be open to doubting their own doubts as they investigate the claims of Jesus and show them the risen Savior. For us, we've not seen that Savior with our own eyes, but by your grace, we love him and we believe in him with the joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. So do that in us by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.